Hello and welcome to Overcoop, the World War II podcast, the fourth one. Uh, this one is off schedule. We usually record every other Thursday. This one is being recorded uh, Friday, uh, a week before Thursday. Um, there's a big reason behind that. Uh, November 7th, this week, um, I regret to bring the news that a World War II uh, blimp hangar has burned down. It was in a, uh, I believe, a marine base. It is gone. The only thing that is left standing is the front and back wall. 17 stories high, gone. It was used to store blimps that would that would go up and search for German submarines in World War II to keep our shipping lines safe. Um, because of um, what has happened, we will be focusing more on the naval side instead of ground side. And yes, to answer some questions, yes, we will be moving on to air and naval soon. We've just been focusing mainly on ground for now. We're almost done with that, then we'll move on to more naval, air, and then air, and then we'll kind of move more onto like stories and stuff. Um, but regarding what has happened, the that hangar is one of two at that base that has that is now gone. Um, we don't know if they're gonna try and rebuild it. We don't know. Uh, it was featured in the movie Pearl Harbor as well, um, as well as many other movies and TV shows. Um, it sir the blimp served a crucial crucial role in keeping our shipping lines safe. Um, they spotted German submarines, and we were we could then dispatch destroyers to go and depth charge those German submarines. Um, depth chart well, depth charges were the most common weapon used for anti-submarine warfare. How you would use depth charges is mainly destroyers were equipped with them. I believe sometimes some cruisers were equipped with uh, depth charges, but battleships and aircraft carriers were not. Destroyers were almost always equipped with depth charges, I believe. Um, every, um, almost every destroyer was equipped with depth charges. How you would use these depth charges is, first you would figure out where the submarine is, whether it be through your hydrophones, listening for sound of the submarine, or through sonar, which some advanced ships did have in World War II. The, uh, during the end of the war, a lot of destroyers did have sonar. Uh, and interestingly enough, the Germans actually figured out how to counter that almost pretty soon once they started figuring out they had that we had sonar. Uh, they would equip their U-boats, which are their submarines, with this uh, shielding panel over them, which may look weird, but it completely it just made the U-boat almost invisible to sonar. But how you'd use these depth charges, you'd figure out where the submarine is, and you would captain the ship over directly over the submarine so you'd be sailing right towards it which is kind of a, which i mean it's been done Sh destroyers have been torpedoed going straight for a submarine by a submarine um uh but usually you won't because you're going directly towards them you're very narrow target 
you would then have crew in the back roll the depth charges off the ramp. Depth charges depth charges kind of look like a barrel. They're just essentially just a barrel that uh, sink to a selected depth where you think the submarine is at. They will go to that selected depth and then they will detonate. Um, it may it may seem very weak because well you're gonna you're gonna miss. But depth charges don't have to be a direct hit to kill or even cripple a submarine. Yes, there's a bit of beeping. That is fine. Just we're having stuff going on. Um, a depth charge can completely cripple or even kill a submarine from a ways away. That being the the shock wave it has just through the water and the pressure it has can take bolts out of a submarine or destroy the, the submarine's pressure hole. And, well, if it destroys the pressure hole and you're submerged, there's nothing keeping you from sinking to the bottom of the ocean below your crush depth. I'm pretty sure everyone knows what a crush depth is, but for people don't. A submarine can no, cannot go past a certain depth, otherwise the water pressure will become too great and will crush the submarine. Um, but the British decided they didn't really like depth charges that much, so they invented the hedgehog. Now, the hedgehog kind of works like a depth charge, but it's different. They're, they had these uh, kind of like mortar things on their destroyers. They called these hedgehogs. What they did with these hedgehogs is what it, it was for anti-submarine warfare. You would launch these kind of depth charges into the water using the hedgehogs. They would sink to the selected depths, just like a depth charge, and they'd detonate. The only difference between hedgehogs and depth charges is hedgehogs can be launched from the ship like a mortar. So you can hit the side, you can hit far away in the side, far away in the front, far away in the back, instead of having to be directly over the top of an enemy submarine, which could give British crews more of a chance to surprise an enemy submarine with a depth charge attack by being ways away from them, but still hitting them almost directly with depth charges, which was pretty effective at tricking enemy submarines in the first first bit. Um, I've also it's also come to my attention that a lot of people haven't realized that uh, the British did fight the Japanese in World War Two. They they uh, lost, I believe, what was it, HMS King George the Fifth. Whatever battleship was, yeah, I think it was King George V, because King George V was with Hood. The, and Hood is the famous battleship that sunk from an ammo rack detonation. Um, for, who's, for those who don't know HMS Hood, uh, HMS Hood was a battle cruiser. Different, it's not a battleship. It was classified as a battle cruiser. Um, it was essentially the pride of the Royal Navy. Uh, now, it faced the Bismarck, which was essentially the terror of the Atlantic. It's the biggest battleship ever built and commissioned in Europe, and was going. There was it was, go, it was going on a mission with uh, Prince Egan, 
or Prince Eugen, however you want to say it. There are multiple ways people say it. I say Prince Eugen because it's easier. Other people say Prince Eugen, which is the correct way, but, you know, it's whatever. Um, they were going on a mission to hunt Allied shipping shipping columns. And HMS, or not HMS, uh, Prince Eugen is a cruiser, I believe. No, I, believe, I think she's a light cruiser or a heavy cruiser. I can't remember. Um, but Bismarck is a battleship. He's also pretty famous. Um, they got they got into contact with HMS HMS Hood and HMS Prince or HMS King George V. I don't know why I keep getting those mixed up. Um, at first, the British fleet, HMS Hood and HMS King George V, thought that Prince Eugen was Bismarck and Bismarck was Prince Eugen, which was not the case. So they first fired their couple first salvos at Prince Eugen, none of which hit. Then they realized their mistake, that they were targeting a cruiser over a battleship and changed their target to Bismarck, which was the correct target they meant to go after. But by this time, Bismarck and Prince Eugen were already firing back. Prince Eugen hit Bismarck, or hit uh, Hood and started a fire near her uh, smoke column, which was quickly contained. I believe it was Bismarck's seventh salvo that hit below the X or Y turret, which caused what is believed to be, I can't remember the name of the type of fire, but it was, or I remember now. It was believed to be a, it started a cordite fire, which is, which is what it believed, which is what is believed, which then traveled through the ventilation system of the ship and either first detonated the secondary ammo, which then detonated the primary ammo. Secondary ammo is for the secondary guns, the small guns on the side, and primary ammo is for the main guns, the big ones that are lined up on the center of the battleship. Or the cordite fire immediately detonated the primary ammo, or just the shell in general that the Bismarck fired pierced and detonated in the ammo stowage and detonated the primary ammo. Uh, what happened was a gigantic blowtorch erupted from Hood's X or Y turret. I think it was her... Uh, I can't remember. I'm saying X or Y because I don't remember which turret is X and Y. But it was one of her rear turrets. Um, that blowtorch lit up the night sky... King George, the battleship King George V was essentially already the last one standing because Hood was spewing flame out of her X, y, X or Y turret. And they didn't even have time to react. The Hood then catastrophically detonated, tore the ship in half, and then... What is believed is the gun crew of one of the forward turrets fired a final salvo while the ship was nearly was nearly 70 degrees. So they realized they were doomed. The ship was going down right then. There was nowhere there was nowhere for them to go. 
and they fired one final salvo right before their turret sunk beneath the waves. And H HMS King George V immediately had to adjust course to avoid hitting the debris of the hood. That's how close they were to the hood. They weren't oh so close that, oh, shrapnel hit them, no. They were close enough, though, that they had to make evasive maneuvers. They didn't run into the wreck of the hood. Um, the destruction of the hood, I believe only three people survived that. That were on board the hood. Um, the destruction of the hood caused the British Empire to want immediate revenge enacted upon the Bismarck. Um, the HMS Ark, Ark Royal which is a aircraft carrier by the British, sent swordfish torpedo bombers after the Bismarck. Swordfish torpedo bombers are a biplane. Biplane meaning like the aircraft you think of in World War One. They're not a monoplane, which is what you would think of casually in World War II. Um, but these biplanes were completely, in, in, completely inferior. They were very, very slow. They can only hold one torpedo, which to be fair is what a lot of aircraft could don't hold anyways, but that was their payload, one torpedo. And the first couple times they launched waves, they accidentally attacked their own fleet, torpedoing their own ships. But to their luck, they were also testing out a new type of torpedo, which proved to be well, let's just say it never detonated at all. None of the torpedoes that hit their own ships detonated. Luckily for them, because they would have sunk their own ships. Um, after that, they, assert they equipped the new, well, not the new, the old torpedoes. And they went, out, they went after the Bismarck in another raid. This time, though, they actually found the Bismarck. It didn't torpedo their own ships, thankfully. British. Um, so they went in on an attack run of the Bismarck. This was late night. Uh, the Bismarck captain, uh, Legends, ordered to turn the secondary guns to full depression and fire in front of the swordfish to create a column of water that the swordfish must evade, otherwise it will destroy the aircraft or just destroy the prop. And that either one will eventually make the aircraft crash. But because of the swordfish, they're so slow, the Bismarck's fire control predictors that are built for newer aircraft have a hard time giving accurate predictions for the aircraft, which make anti-aircraft fire very ineffective because they can't get an accurate reading of where they need to lead the aircraft to fire at. And heavy AA batteries even when they did hit the swordfish, the fire just passed through them because they were made of wood and fabric. Uh, they got the torpedoes off the first wave. One torpedo hit a midship, hit a torpedo bulkhead. Or not a torpedo bulkhead, a torpedo bulge. Which, for people who don't know what a torpedo bulge is, a torpedo bulge... Well, when you see uh, battleships mainly... When you see battleships and they have like these bulges on the side of their hull when you see them out of the water, those bulges are there for a reason. 
But those bulges are, are li a little open compartment that when a torpedo hits it, all the, explos all the explosives go and break open that, that hole. But the only thing inside that hole is just the side of the real hole. So it just floods that little torpedo bulge and doesn't do much else, which might list the ship a little bit because it would, you know it was using that for ballast anyway. But otherwise, it's not gonna do anything majorly to the ship besides maybe a little bit of flooding. It might go through the, the real hole and cause some damage to some compartments, electrical utilities, that stuff. But because Jin's ordered evasive maneuvers to, to avoid any other torpedoes hitting him, which was very, very, very smart, because those torpedoes, even if they do hit the, 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 the torpedo bulges, they can still cause some really massive damage. Um, so we ordered evasive maneuvers, but because of the evasive maneuvers and the sudden direction changes, all the repair mats that were used for the previous combat that they had with King George V and the Hood were loosened and flooded and resumed, fires, that stuff. The, fly the fires were contained pretty quickly after, because, you know, electrical sparks, that stuff. But then, uh, the next night, our HMS Ark Royal sent a second swordfish raid against the Bismarck. They, were, they had spotted Bismarck twice now with a PBY Catalina and a mm, Sunderland flying boat. Uh, the Sunderland flying boat was the first one to detect the Bismarck after the King George V and Hood made contact with her. And then the PBY Catalina was the second one to find it, which was right before the second the second uh, swordfish raid came in because they didn't know where, he, where where the Bismarck went because they were trying to avoid German submarines. So they had no idea where she went. Which then the PBY Catalina found her, reported her position, and then after that, uh, another swordfish raid came that night. And they came in, swordfish. They, the, the Germans repeated the same tactic they had done the night before. Torpedoes got away, not a single one shot down once again. There were no swordfish losses. Torpedoes were off. One hit amidship again, but a second hit the rudder of the Bismarck, jamming it. The rudder was jammed. They were, they were essentially dead in the water now. Well, not dead in the water, but they couldn't maneuver. There was no hope of turning. Repairs were attempted, and they did fix one of the two rudders, but they needed two to be able to turn. And the only maneuverability that they had was resulted in a little more than wobbles. They were just wobbling. So now they were stuck sailing in circles, and the British could now finally move their fleet upon the Bismarck and sink her. And that's exactly what they did with the HMS Rodney. HMS Rodney is another British battleship. They also engaged engaged the Bismarck with multiple cruisers, other battleships, and destroyers. Um, HMS Rodney was able to fire 
one salvo that did critical damage to the Bismarck's not not infrastructure nothing like that to the Bismarck's high command and superstructure a shell from the Rodney's main guns hit the bridge which is where Captain Lutchens was killed all of the high command of the Bismarck and so now Bismarck eventually falls under command of the chief of repair which which they don't have you know experience to run a entire battleship that is critically damaged unable to maneuver and then eventually Bismarck is just reduced to a floating floating hulk her guns are inoperative there there's nothing coming from her she's just getting repeatedly hit by enemy fire over and over and unable to return any type of fire maybe a few AA guns here and there but they're not even gonna hit the ship so the Germans didn't even try and even if they did it wouldn't do anything and so eventually the chief of repair orders to set scuttling charges to scuttle the ship so she doesn't fall into enemy hands and I forget the exact time the charges were set off but the charges are then set off and Bismarck lists to her left which is her port and sinks that was the end of the Bismarck which was the terror of the Atlantic and there were only two of her class ever built the Bismarck and the Tirpitz the Tirpitz was also sunk later in the war by um, I think it was Lancasters and they were using um, oh, I can't remember the name of the bomb they used but they're using these big like 10 or 12,000 pound bombs they're mainly used for, I believe, like, bunker busting or, like, dam busting. The, 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 I don't remember. I don't remember the name of the bomb. Um, <coughs> they sunk the Torpets, which was the sister ship of the Bismarck. And that was the end of the Bismarck-class battleships. And as you hear, that was the bell, so this episode that was hurriedly put together to uh, honor the loss of the blimp hanger is over. Um, if any other events, as I was saying, any events that happen such like, such like that will be will result in a surprise episode like this and we will talk about it and honor what we have lost. Episode number four concludes now.